Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. In today's episode, we have Dr. Heidi Eliopoulos joining us. Heidi is superintendent at the school district of Altoona in Altoona, Wisconsin. Prior to starting this role in July of 2020, Heidi served at the Chippewa Falls Area Unified School District for more than 13 years. She started as middle school administrator and then served for over five years there as superintendent. As a leader, Heidi has partnered with Huron Studer Education since 2014 and has been a frequent presenter and highly engaged participant in many of our events. Across Wisconsin, Heidi is known as an impactful leader in the areas of continuous academic improvement and coherent board governance. So it's with great pleasure today that I introduce you uh, to Heidi. And again, Heidi's been one of our longstanding partners and Heidi, I consider you a good friend with us. So welcome to our show today. Well, I thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Honored to be asked. So let's start, Heidi. Um, you entered a new district, so we partnered with you over the years. And so you're, you know, relatively new superintendent, um, although the years go by pretty quickly, I know. But you're in a new district and you entered that, if I'm right, you know, right in the pandemic and after, um, you know, just kind of continuous superintendent turnover in the district. So just curious with knowing what you do about culture building and how important that is to you. How did you approach building culture in, in, uh, in Altoona? That's a great question. I walked into a pretty unique situation where between superintendents and interim superintendents, the role had turned over seven times in four years. And so I knew walking in the door um, that everything was new on so many levels. Um, I was new. Um, the potentially having somebody who would be there long term was going to be new for them. Um, and certainly we were in a time that was new for all of us. I was hired about five weeks after our state went into a total shutdown. So um, I went back to what I know and what I thought could help bring some peace to people. So we weren't in a position to be able to do these big meet and greets and social gatherings like we might have been used to. So I thought about what I know about educators and about um, all of us in that time and tried to, to fill needs in a different way. So as educators, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to control all the variables. And here we were in a, in a time and in a situation where we didn't have control over anything and we couldn't even pretend like we had control over it. But what I knew I could do is at, at, at least help people feel informed. So I really leveraged communication um, as my number one vehicle for helping people know, know what to expect, know what to expect from this new leader, know what to expect as we planned for a new school year. And even though we weren't in control, we could feel informed. So I would work to get out in front of changes, work out to get in front of uh, updates. I used a tiered communication approach where I would uh, have uh, communication that was released in three waves. So the administrators got everything that the staff and the families were going to get, plus some talking points for themselves. 
And then about an hour later, the staff would get everything the families were going to get, plus a little bit more background information. So they understood even more deeply the why and felt prepared if somebody approached them with, with a question or a concern. And then finally, family communication. And even if it was something we were repeating that was released in the news, we still sent it out and said, here's how it impacts us here in Altoona. Um, so I tried to make people minimally feel comfortable that they knew what were, was going on and that they had a leader who was going to be transparent with them and help them feel prepared to do the work that was coming. So I go back to communication as my number one strategy for beginning to build a remote relationship and create the new feel for the district moving into such challenging times. Yeah, how great, Heidi. You know, I mean, I think what a what a perfect example of cascading communication. I mean, and doing that well. And I'm sure, you know, you use uh, great keywords, you know, to do that based on your, your audience as well. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's, uh, and you know this, I mean, that's what we do in a pandemic. And that's really, if we did that communication all the time like that, you know, we're probably going to get better outcomes with our people. So just really nice job of being proactive with that communication. I think the, the, um, the other thing I know that's important, um, I've had an opportunity, you know, I work with higher education institutions a lot. And I would say the majority of the institutions I've been working with, Heidi, in the last couple of years, kind of been in a situation like you have, where the leadership has changed, or they've changed leadership, you know, and, and they've had to communicate, get out in front like you're talking about. And then they've also had to establish their leadership team because that's been key to the, to the success of for them as well as moving the organization forward. So, you know, as you're in year two and you've got your cabinet in place, um, you know, what do you, what do you do now to build a strong United team to move forward? Yeah, that's that's been significant here again with so many different leaders over such a short period of time. Each leader has their own approach to building their team. Um, so my approach is a little different. So I started the school year kind of observing and doing things a little bit what they were accustomed to, and I found some holes um, or some approaches I wanted to do a little differently. So I explained why to the team. I wanted to shift a little bit, um, and it's ended up being good for us. So the biggest change is that we actually did start meeting monthly. So they had had a past practice where the district, um, the district leaders, the directors, and the principals met regularly as a group, but the district leaders didn't meet as a group, and they didn't meet as an entire group. So assistant principals weren't invited. Um, the director of buildings and grounds wasn't invited. The director of food service, the 4K coordinator, the activities director, um, none of those folks were invited. And I'm thinking, well, they're leaders too. And how do we continue to grow our organization if we don't engage all the leaders? So we shifted um, and we set aside a block of time for our full leadership team to come together once a month for at least two and a half hours. And that focus is completely on leader development. Um, so we have worked on learning together. Um, our focus has been growing culture but also developing strategies. So caring for our people, building up our people, creating a new attitude in our organization and new priorities, but also those leadership strategies that we can use to evoke followership. Um, so those are our big two priorities um, that we focus on being leaders of people and evoking followership. And our strategy work is always about 
those evidence-based leadership tactics and improvement. The other part that was important because the team wasn't accustomed to all gathering is like a lot of organizations, we had developed silos and people were really focused on, on their little corner of the world and trying to keep it afloat. So our team had never gathered around data before. So we included that in our leader development, that anytime there was a benchmark in the district, we brought that data to our district-wide meeting. And when we looked at it, we always took a district-wide view first. So we'll look at all the data for K-12, as well as our subgroup data in that. And then we'd look at separate buildings in smaller discussion groups. So that was about developing a district-wide vantage point that hadn't existed before and understanding that our little 4Kers that started our early education center, also our second graders at our elementary school and become fifth graders at our intermediate school and seventh graders at our middle school and on. So all of our kids are all of our kids. And so we started to look at things from the student viewpoint and how can we create a comprehensive guaranteed system across the board so that our students have a high quality education, no matter what level they're in, who their teacher is, what grade they're in. So we're starting to work on more of that reliability across the organization. Um, The other thing that we've started doing as well is uh, bringing our problems back to this group and our challenges so we can be thought partners for each other and work through them and a lot of discussion in our leader development. So I'll bring in an article, maybe pull out a few key points, but then we discuss it and always report out. So finally, the other very, very small strategy that we use, but it's picking up and making a difference is um, in a lot of organizations, there's reference to the district, this third person, Oz behind the curtain, who is all knowing, all doing, all powerful, the district. And so we've stopped using that term And we refer to district-wide. So we're looking at a district-wide procedure or district-wide data or a district-wide approach. So so we're taking away this kind of ominous person or thing out there that is responsible for change because we all are responsible for what's happening district-wide. I mean, if there's an area that I can say um, from, from my vantage point as a leader that I get a lot of positive feedback about, is expanding and being more inclusive with leadership. And so down the road, you know, that matters for succession planning and organizational success, but we're building that foundation now by expanding our definition of what a leader is. And he have even additional ideas for further down the road of how do we engage teacher leaders, people who may not be administrators, but are very much leaders as well. Yeah, how phenomenal, Heidi. Heidi. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's I know you probably have, you know, the majority of the people who are who are coming along with you and probably just feel like a breath of fresh air. And I'm just very grateful. And, you know, on the other side to that, as you're moving forward with those changes, there are always those challenges. Right. So, you know, how are um, or what 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 have been the challenges that you faced in employee culture and how are you addressing that part of the organization? There, I'll be honest, there's quite a few. Um, Even just the environment that we're in right now, this year is harder than last year because last year at this time of year, so in mid-January last year, we were starting to see our cases fall off and we were like, 
Hallelujah. By next year at this time, things are going to be better. Um, oh, yay, we've made it. Um, and then all of a sudden we get to this year and it's actually worse. And so it was unexpected. It felt like a letdown. We had built up this year and thought we were getting back to normal. And then we're let down because we were so certain things were going to be better in terms of the, the physical health of our community. Um, but still, we, we have work to do here. Um, we have challenges in this school district. Our, our student achievement has been on a downhill slide for five years. Our gaps are growing. Um, we have some, some big challenges ahead of us. So we have to balance out um, this uh, need to be supportive and work through our external challenges. But for our kids, we can't abandon our internal work either. But it's had to be a dance and a balance to keep moving forward with the work of learning. The way I approach it as a leader and how we approach it as an organization, there's a couple of uh, keys that we look at. For me as a leader, my contribution to building up or reinventing our culture is I have to be very authentic. Um, I'm not going to dress in costumes or be silly and loud and take a look at me approach to leadership. Um, I'm going to take appreciation and keep it authentic and genuine and double down on it when it's tough. So I, as a superintendent, I do classroom visits every single week. I get into classrooms and then I've always followed up with a, a note of appreciation to the teachers whose classrooms I visit. Things are really hard right now. Um, so I still do. I'm modeling that I'm going to still do that work. And I still get into classrooms and I still am doing the same number of classroom visits, actually more. And I double down and I send the teacher a note of appreciation. And then I take a picture of them while they're there and I send their spouse or their children a note of appreciation and say, wow, I, I got to be in your mom's classroom today or I got to be in your husband's classroom. And these are the things they did great. You must be so proud. We're lucky to have them. Uh, they're they're awesome, and I appreciate it. And I hope you like this little sneak peek at what I get to see every day. And the other thing we do is um, we bring it back to our students over and over and over. When we talk about progress, we celebrate our wins with our students over and over. Yeah. So you know, such so, such model practice, Heidi. I mean, really, just um, and I'm sure that you get a chance to have that connection with your staff and faculty um, and they appreciate that and you get to know them a little bit better, which makes your work, you know, meaningful as well. So what have you learned, you know, as you've transitioned and, and thinking about yourself as a leader and about trying to build that strong culture in this crazy time of the pandemic, you know, what have you learned about yourself? Yeah, I've learned that it's important to go back to what we already know um, and to be aware of what motivates people and to leverage um, what we know motivates people. So as I've tried to plan for authentic connections or way to recognize people, I try to go back to, I, I can't stop myself this wanting to be a learner and, and apply the science of motivation as well. So I've gone back to Daniel Pink's work a lot about autonomy. So being trusted to do the job or giving a degree of choice and mastery, um, celebrating progress and purpose of being something greater than ourselves. And so as I look for ways to build a culture, 
I know, okay, if this is what motivates people and this is what makes people feel engaged to their work and that their work is meaningful, um, I try to highlight those connections as much as possible. Anytime we can share a celebration about a difference we've made with kids or a particular student or progress we've made, I've learned that um, that's just not ideas from a book, that that really works and when we see it and try it and weave that into what we do. Um, people are different in the sense that some people uh, would love to be called up in front of a room and given a plaque and other people would prefer a quiet little post-it stuck in their notebook. Um, but what they all connect to is wanting to make a difference for kids and wanting to make progress and wanting to feel that they're good at what they do. That's great advice for others. But as we close today, are any words of advice to leaders who may be feeling burned out or tired as, as they're continuing to try to work to build stronger workplace cultures? Two things really is give yourself grace too. be realistic. Uh, we can't do everything. Um, our jobs are really hard right now, too. And sometimes we get um, so focused on caring for everyone else's needs that we don't realize that the best way that we can care for everyone's needs is also for caring for ourselves to try to get enough sleep, um, try to eat right and and get plenty of hydration. And when you get tired, you don't have to quit. You can just rest for a bit. And then keep going and give yourself permission to do that or else you'll get to a point where you can't anymore. Um, we can't do everything. So if we can focus on a couple of key, highly effective strategies and then just double down on them or increase them when we can tell the need is higher, um, that'll give us the biggest bang for our buck because we've learned not everything we do has the same outcome. So find those things that work for you and your culture. Yeah, great advice, Heidi. And I think probably that last piece of advice is sometimes the hardest for all of us. Yes. Because uh, we're trying to live up to a certain type of standard or somebody else's expectation. But if we do that without being who we are and our best at what we can be, it's very difficult yeah. um, to succeed. But you know what, Heidi, you know, the other thing I just, as, as we're talking today, um, I just have a smile on my face, for, first of all, for just getting to connect with you, but just thinking about, you know, I've watched you over the years and um, I think back over our What's Right in Education conferences and our conferences together and one of the things that we do there is learn and you've shared a lot of partner presentations and people have learned from you, but you know what you've done really well? You have a good time. I, what I remember, I, I can still see you and your team, you know, dancing um, yep. and, and having a good time. And I mean, that's authentic too. It's just, yeah. and, having, and, and having a good time. And I'm thinking we're going to be in Milwaukee in July and you know what? We're going to be together. We're going to see each other in person and we're just going to have a good time and we're going to celebrate and recognize all the great things that you and others are doing. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, you've just been one of our model leaders over the years. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me and I, I sure appreciate these opportunities. To learn more about our free upcoming of virtual events like our leader roundtables and destination high performance, please head over to Studer Education, S-T-U-D-E-R-E-D-U-C-A-T-I-O-N dot com 
slash events. And as always, I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. We invite you to share this episode and rate us in iTunes. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week, everyone.